Okay, welcome to the Libra Lounge, everyone. I have a extremely special guest that I get to interview today. As you guys all know, that I I don't even know how to explain. I, I can't say that I'm a fan. I think I'm more of a super fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. I tell people all the time that it is hands down the <clears throat> best entertainment on television, period, point blank, no questions asked. And today we have the honor of having one of the former contestants who is internationally known. We have Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, how are you, Keisha? I'm how are good. You, everybody? I'm so excited to have you on the phone. Um, when my husband told me that I got to interview you, I thought he was lying. I thought he was just trying to get some pussy, so he was going to tell me something good to get me all excited and worked up, and uh, he's like, no, no, I'm serious. You get to interview Cynthia. So, Cynthia, tell everyone hello. Hey, everyone. How are you? This is Cuckoo Cynthia Lee Fontaine from RuPaul Dark Race, and thank you, Keisha, <laughs> and family for having me on your podcast. I'm no. very, very excited right now so far. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, we normally start the show off with celebrity news and gossip because... I live to know what the celebrities are doing. I like to make fun of them. I like to live vicariously through them. Basically, I'm jealous of them because they're rich and famous and I'm not. So let's get into the gap. So as we whatever all... you have your podcast, what are you talking about? I, right, yeah, I know. I'm trying to, to get there. Right I'm trying so to get far. there. I'm trying to get to that level. <laughs> so you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we heard about the vicious attack of Empire actor Jussie Smollett. Did you hear about that, Cynthia? Yes. Okay. Yes, so. actually, um, you know, I posted on my social media too, supporting him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, it hits our community. Yes. Um, especially in my case, that advocates for all the entire LGBTQI plus community. So it was something. Um, it, it was I crazy. See yeah, and I see a little bit of division, you know, divided, like the community and yes. the social media. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a very serious matter, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone in our audience who did not hear about this story, you know, actor Jesse Smollett was in Chicago, and he went out around 2 a.m. to go to a subway to get something to eat. And when he came out, he was vicious, viciously attacked by two men that had on um, Make America Great Again. No, they had on ski masks, but they said they were mm -hmm. representing you know, M-A-G-A, the MAGA. Um, they yeah. called him, to me, I, I call it a double hate crime because they referred to him as a black faggot. Um, yes. They said that they were going to kill him. They poured bleach on him, and then they tied a rope around his neck. Um, mm -hmm. To make matters even worse, we didn't find out until after the fact that just like maybe a month before that, someone had actually sent a letter to Fox Chicago where they um, – is it, James, do they film Empire there? Or is that just a, something – I think that's where they film Empire. Um, they had sent an anonymous letter to Jussie saying that – he was going to die. So, you know, a lot of people, like you said, Cynthia, is kind of divided because surprisingly, a lot of people feel as though this story isn't entirely true. Um, some people feel like um, they were targeting him. I'm like, well, well, fucking duh. Yeah, they were targeting him. And some people, they just don't get it. They think it was, uh, it was staged. You know, what do you think, Cynthia? 
Well, I do believe, um, first of all, the minorities in America still attack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Under the line of fire, mm -hmm. uh, me as a Hispanic man, part of the Hispanic community in the United States of America, we are a, another like easy target, to be yeah. very honest with you, mm -hmm. because we represent the minorities same, the same as the African-American community too as well. Right. And when we become part of the entertainment business, it's going to be like double vulnerable, easy yes. target for everybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's just only portraying a, a, a gay character on the show. Because he's know? actually, he's bisexual in uh -huh. real life. It, it, in my case, I'm bisexual too as well. Okay. So, so it's, you know, like I said, you know, people, well, here's the thing. You had a lot of people from the black community that were only saying, oh, it's a hate crime because they called him a nigger and all of this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, they didn't just say that. They also called him a faggot. That is the same yes. line of derogatory as calling someone a nigger. I said, you just don't say that. To me, it's a double hate crime. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, there was supposedly there's been video footage. So, you know, they actually could see that, yes, this was a real attack. The fact that some mm -hmm. people are saying that they thought it was staged, I'm just like, I don't know where they got that from. I, I, to me, it seems pretty serious um but hopefully these guys are caught soon and they're off the street because you know what i truly believe that they'll do something like this again um yes moving right along uh, one of my idols andy cohen he uh you know a couple of weeks ago he had the baby shower of all baby showers he had some of the og housewives threw him this very lavish and fun and entertaining baby shower um only andy and john mayer were the only two men there but andy cohen finally became a dad he uh his little boy i think his name is benjamin was born um last week and andy cohen posted the sweetest picture ever of him and his new baby boy that baby is going to be so spoiled because that's how the other day he was already on a private plane and i'm like God damn, I'm 39 and I've never been on a private nothing. But this baby's already been on a private plane. So, you know, is do do you have plans on being a parent yourself, Cynthia? I would like to have my own family in the future. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I always like kids. I'm going to be very honest with you. Mm -hmm. When I see a baby, I went crazy. Yes, me It's too. like the same way that I see pets. I mean, yes, like, me too. this vulnerability, <laughs> I empathize with all the parents. Mm -hmm. And I become a baby. I become a child immediately as soon as I identify or I see a baby or a kid. You know what right. I mean? Yes. So I did not close a possibility in the future to have my own family, my kids, you know. But right now, so far, in my case, I'm a little bit focused mm -hmm. to build up my career as a, right. you know, on the reality TV star and the entertainment business to build a solid, more stability on my finances and actually to meet the right person for me. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yes, that is um, important. I never close the doors of the opportunity for love. And I have the opportunity to, to work with Andy when he did um, two or three years ago a special show on his show on what's happening mm -hmm. with Mariah Carey. Oh. He's so nice. Is he? I'm reading he one is... of his books right now. And I'm just fascinated with him. Like, I want to be Andy Cohen. But, well, well, here's the thing. I want Andy's life, but I tell everyone, because I believe that in past lives and stuff like that, but I tell everyone, and I've been telling them since high school, I know for a fact that in another life, I was a drag queen. 
I was. I, I, yeah, I was a gay man. I mean, I, I just, I know it. I feel it. You know, people laugh at me when I say it. I'm like, I am this serious. I know I can feel it in my bones. So um, congratulations to Andy. It was so funny because when I posted it on um, social media, mm-hmm. um, I had a couple of comments, but one of the comments was, uh, oh, that's so great for him. He isn't gay, is he? And I was just like, um, I said, yeah, that's really great. He's a dad. How exciting. And I'm like, yes, by the way, he's also gay. And so I think she, you know, kind of by my response, she's like, I guess I'm not going to ask any more questions. I'm like, what is there to ask? He's gay. Obviously, he got a surrogate to carry the baby, you know, because that's a lot easier to do, even though it costs more money. But it's very, it's still very, very hard for gay couples to adopt a child in America. And... Mm -hmm. I don't understand why that is. Um, and, and I never knew that until Rosie O'Donnell came out with a, a docu-series, and it's about a cruise that she used to do for all gay families and their kids. And um, they each would go and tell, you know, the story about them trying to adopt adopt kids and how hard it was and how people talk about them and all that good stuff. So I guess if you can afford it, you just go ahead and use a surrogate. But I think it's like, what, $30,000, Producer James? Yeah, it's, it's it's a nice penny. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, get your piggy banks ready. I mean, start throwing in all that extra change. So um, did you watch the Super Bowl last weekend? Yes, I did. Cynthia, <laughs> you watched the whole game? Let me tell you, it was a little bit painful to watch. And I finally, <laughs> I was a little bit excited because in my case, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. So mm-hmm. basically, my my favorite um, game, um, it's uh, football, soccer. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. finally, I get to understand American football. So I was very excited. I'm like, oh, my God, Raiders, whatever. And... <laughs> I mean, to see go the lowest-score <laughs> game in the history of the Super Bowl, it was painful to watch. I, you know, I'm not a big sports person. I, it's funny because whenever it is the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race, every year I always post, "This is my Super Bowl right here." Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't <laughs> breathe by me. I have to watch every moment. I need to know what new sayings Ru is going to say. I want to see who's in the audience. I want to see what everyone's wearing. So that's my Super Bowl. So yeah. um, I did not watch the game. Tell you the truth, I don't even know who played, but I always know who's performing at halftime. But this year, oh, Adam Levine, yeah, yes, it was so. You know, I I like Maroon Five. You know, would I go to their concert? No, if I got free tickets to go, yeah, I probably go. But so many people just have been dragging them for their lackluster performance. What did you think about it? Was it really that bad? Well, to be very honest, I do believe it's because like we used to see. This pop female star, Beyonce, that singer, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Katy Perry. Mm -hmm. And now, like in the past years, we see two um, male entertainers, you know, male singers. Yeah, we had Justin Timberlake last year, right? And you know what? I feel, and I'm going to be very honest with you, this is like vice versa of like a stigma and discriminating again male entertainers in a certain way. And I'm going to explain myself. Mm -hmm. Um, They have their own act. They were amazing, great vocals. I think the production, sounding, editing was really good. Mm -hmm. It's just only they don't came from a helicopter. You know what I mean? Like Diana Ross back in the day. 
right. give like this spectacular propping show. You know what I mean? It right. was themselves, just only watching them, having energy, having fun. So I do believe, you know, we need to came, it's 2019, you know, right. honey. I do believe like everybody should deserve the same respect. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't matter the sexual orientation. It doesn't matter the execution or any production. Right. So for me, it was good, you know, and it wasn't the part that he just only take his shirt off. Yeah. I mean, he got a great body, <laughs> but his right. voice, you know what I mean? Because right. he was good, baby. He was a snack, baby. Right. But... <laughs> The thing is, like, we need to start appreciating, you know, and start, like, stigmatize or discriminate against gender. That's my my my, own, my only thing, you know what I mean? Right, right. I think through music, we can talk to a language that is going to be generic to everybody. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened with Adam, you know? It was really nice. I think, like, it was really, really good. And for him to always sing in this like nice falsetto, which right. is a very vocal technique. Mm -hmm. It was good. It okay. was really good. So I'm going to have me, to agree like with it. you. You know, I think, well, when you, I mean, come on, Lady Gaga came from out of the sky. Katy Perry rode in on a big tiger. It was some kind of a cat. I was like, God damn, how did they, how long did it take them to build that? I think mm -hmm. that, you're absolutely right. When you had Justin Timberlake last year and then you had Maroon 5 this year, they stayed true to what they normally do at like a concert. Whereas you had Beyonce who had, I think Beyonce had every black female in the United States of America dancing out there with her. So they just put on, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and Katy Perry did a halftime performance like it might have been their very last performance ever they just went all in and it was a tough act to follow yes but on the other I side i kind of feel like there was so much controversy surrounding the nfl with colin kaepernick and you yes. know people protesting the nfl so i i feel as though there was a dark cloud over the game anyway and um maybe that's why people were a little bit harder on Maroon 5. Um, but at the end of the day, Adam Levine is married to a supermodel and he's fucking rich. So I don't think he gives two shits about people <laughs> saying his performance wasn't that good. So, um, Cynthia, do you, are you, do you binge watch shows on Netflix? Yes, I do. Okay, so I have been all about my Netflix, and I, I do, um, let me see. What do you think about Netflix raising the price? You know what, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to just be honest, as, as, as pro-female as I am, my husband pays all the bills. I don't know how much anything costs in the house, period, I point blank. I don't know. Poor so husband, <laughs> husband might come to lessons. <laughs> I'm like, if he ain't complaining about it, it must be okay. So um, he, he hasn't mentioned anything about it, but I did hear they were raising their prices. But you know what? At the same time, I think they should because Netflix has been producing some really, really good material. I mean, yes, they've got movies on there that have uh, soundtracks. I'm like, well, damn, mm -hmm. Netflix. Okay, that's how y'all gonna do it. So, next Netflix, every month, they get rid of certain shows and movies that they have. So, I'm gonna let our audience know all the things that they're gonna have to say goodbye to during the month of February from Netflix. Some of the shit y'all probably never even heard of. That's why they're getting rid of it. Okay, so, mm -hmm. Black Dynamite, Bride of Chucky, 
um, Children of Men, which that movie is on regular cable all the time anyway. Clerks, Disney's The Princess Diaries 2. Man, come on. Y'all got to keep that one. Engagement will be leaving. Ella Enchanted, Tomb Raider, Queer as Folk Seasons 1 through 4, Queer as Folk The Final Season, Shaun of the Dead, The Big Lebowski, I bet you every white man in America is upset about that because if you talk to a white man yeah. and you ask them what their top five favorite movies are, they're, the big Lebowski is going to be in there. The Born Ultimatum is live, leaving. Woman in Gold. I've never even heard of that. Um, Cabin Fever <clears throat> is leaving. And I know a lot of parents are extremely upset about this because I've seen them posting about it on social media. The movie yeah. Sing is is leaving netflix um i think it's a really good kids movie that apparently a lot of kids like and now their parents are going to have to go buy it because there's no longer mm -hmm. going to be available on netflix but also disney's girl meets world seasons one through three and piranha will all be leaving this month in february so when we get back, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get all up inside Cynthia's business because you know I'm nosy, so I'm going to ask, ask, ask any and everything I want. She's going to be like, bitch, I didn't tell you you can ask me that. And uh -uh. Go to the next <laughs> question. So we will be right back. Hey guys, it's Keisha, the host of the Libra Lounge with Keisha podcast and web series. If you follow me on social media, you know that the Million Harris is one of the sponsors of the show. I've told you all about the great hair products for both men and women that they have, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to actually see some of their hair bundles. Here they are. What I did was I ordered both 20 and 22 inch Malaysian bundles and a frontal from the Million Harris and took them to my stylist and had her make this unit. Yes, this is actually a lace front unit made from the bundles I purchased at the Million Harris. I usually don't wear this much hair extensions, nor do I wear it this long, but I really, really love it. The hair feels amazing. It looks great. I've been getting compliments everywhere that I go. So make sure to go to her website or stop by the shop and get your order on. She's got hair products, bundles, and mink lashes. Make sure to use my discount code LEVER20 for 20% off your total purchase. Okay, welcome back to the Libra Lounge. Again, I have international superstar, former contestant, not just former contestant, you were on two seasons of RuPaul Drags Race. We have Cynthia Lee Fontaine on the phone. Everyone, 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 Miss, how do you, was it Cuckoo, Cuckoo? What, what, do you, what was it that you called your famous well. name? <laughs> Well, you can call me Miss Congeniality because I yes. won one of the second, like, most important prize of the yes. show on season mm -hmm. eight. Or you can call me Cuckoo. That means booty. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because when I found out I was interviewing you, one of my former high school teachers, uh, we're really good friends. And he's a huge RuPaul's Drag Race fan, too. And I was like, guess who I'll get to interview? And he was like, who? And I'm like, Cynthia. He was like, Let's make a bet how many times she's going to say cuckoo, cuckoo <laughs> during the interview. <laughs> and I, and I, my bet is you're going to say it 1,500 times. So don't let me down. <laughs> okay, perfect. so Cynthia, how would you describe your childhood as Carlos? To be very honest, it was very, it was very amazing. It was very healthy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it was in the 80s. 
because I'm, I'm an 80s baby. Mm -hmm. So basically, I get to, you know, enjoy this beautiful transition from the old big orchestra to the digital music, mm -hmm. Yamaha, you know. And um, I get to enjoy a lot of rock and roll, you know, station wagon, Chicago. Right. Um, even Whitney Houston, mm -hmm. the African-American goddess diva, yes. racing, you know, and then Madonna. You know, so I was with all that influence of music and at the same time me playing with G.I. Joe's, right. you know, on Silver Hogs. Right. And it was like that period of time that even like group music came out, like Jackson 5, Menudo, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you grew up so in Puerto really, Rico, really right? Good. I, I, I raised and born in Puerto Rico, in Rio Piedras, Puerto Rico. That's next to San Juan, mm -hmm. the capital in the island. And... um. You know, the first years of my life, it was with my parents together. But after when I just get 80 years old, mm -hmm. they get divorced. Mm -hmm. So I experienced that. But at the same time, um, my parents were so much work and uh, they deal with the situation so good right. that we never suffer the divorce or the separation as well, too. Oh, that's so, true. That's oh, great. yeah. Like my parents were awesome. Like they still they are amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. And my childhood was, like, really, really good. Mm -hmm. Always I've been, you know, I knew since I was a, a baby that, you know, I was part of the community, you know. Mm -hmm. I was, um, you know, gay, bisexual. Mm -hmm. So I always have this feminine side a little bit developed. Mm -hmm. And my dad never worried about that. He was like, you know, I know you experienced a little bit of bullying because when I was in sixth grade, I experienced a little bit of bullying and the way that I managed it was not the correct way, but I used to have the bullying, you know, it was right. one day on the cafeteria at the elementary school, the bully came with oh, like three or more and they just, you know, kicked my, my trail of food all the way to the floor. Oh, wow. And there's... Two things you know mess around with me, you know <laughs> my wigs and food. Huh? Your food. Food for me is sacred. I'm gonna be very honest with you right now so far. So the I'm the same is, way. Like, Don't I, mess with my hair or my food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything but the face, honey. Yes. So the thing is, like, I just get my metal tray back mm. in the days, you know, and I punch him in the face and I break his nose. Good. Good for you. I think, like, for me, violence is not the best response. Right. But at that period of time, it stopped me to be bullied. Yeah. And also, I become best friend with my bully. And right now, he is an incredible, successful uh, family man. He's an accountant in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And he always said, if you don't punch me in the face with that trail, <laughs> I did not understand the meaning of respect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, he, he got a precious family. He got beautiful twins, um, girls. Right now mm -hmm. they are in college. So he is a, a professional. And I just, I'm so happy how everything that you experience in your life can be negative, mm -hmm. but it turns in a positive way for others. You know what yeah. I mean? And even for myself. Yeah. So that was maybe probably the darkest four, six months that I experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. The rest, I mean, I always been very sociable and like popular at school and even people, you know. I had a hard like, time mm -hmm. believing that, Cynthia. I just kind of figured you to be a bookworm somewhere in the corner in a library, you know, just <laughs> writing yeah, poetry. I, it was <laughs> like, I think maybe probably like um, that transition to be a teenager you know, mm -hmm. um, the transition of the crazy hormones, you know, yes. like down on Netflix. I'm coming to a stranger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
because on me a little bit like I get like isolated myself. I'm a little bit antisocial. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Um, that period of time, we were moving from Puerto Rico to Panama because my mom, you know, um, met my stepfather. He's from Panama, so we moved okay. all the way to Center South America. Mm -hmm. He used to work with the Panama Canal Commission at that period of time. Mm -hmm. And it was a shocking experience for me because the moving situation and adapting myself to a new culture, yeah, it was shocking for me. It was, you know, very traumatic. But at the same time, my, uh, that's how I, I, I just met my spiritual connection. Okay. Because part of my family, it's Adventist from the Adventist church, mm -hmm. Seventh-day Adventist church. And believe it or not, they opened the doors to me and to all the rest of my family. Mm -hmm. And the acceptance and the love and the spirituality was so good. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that was when it came to all my positive energy and my mm -hmm. positive attitude to life. You know what I mean? Right. Even if I don't go um, directly any go anymore, like to church or become like an active member because of my lifestyle, mm -hmm. they never judge me. Right. And, so, and that's important. And that's really important. Yes. Um, yes. I wanted to ask you, you know, I, I tried to, when I was writing out the questions, I, sometimes I will ask myself the same question. Um, and I was wondering, I was like, you know, Cynthia, when did you first discover the term drag queen? Because it made me go back and I was like, when was the first time that I heard the words drag queen? And I don't, I think it might've been in high school. When was the first time you discovered the words drag queen and what it really meant to be a drag queen? Well, when I was in high school, I was very invo involved in church activities and high school activities and events. So all my, my, my attention and my focus was like, you know, to build up a bridge all the way to go to college, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that was a period of time that I was about, I was 18 years old, 19 years old, and I was about to get married, but... You were about to get married? Yes, ma'am. To a woman? Baby, yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But um, let me tell you the tea. This is good, baby. Are you okay, ready, okay. Baby? I'm here for it. Um, after three years dating this beautiful lady, um, she's sitting on me with the pastor that was supposed to officiate the wedding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was like maybe probably like a wake-up call for me, like, oh, there's something going on. I need to come back to my roots. I graduate from high school. I break the relationship, of course. In my case, I, I, it, it was a, the healthy choice for me. And I moved back to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm to pursue my career, a bachelor degree that I have right now in liberal arts and clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. um, in that period of time that I was kind of uh, like a little bit far away from my parents, mm -hmm. I was a little bit with myself looking like for the adulthood life. That's what I started to go to the nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And when I went to a nightclub, um, in Ponce, Puerto Rico, that's on the south of the island. Mm -hmm. I went to this bar and then it was backstage. Mm -hmm. And the first drag show that I saw, it wasn't a drag show at all. It was a transgender woman performing. So it wasn't a drag show. It was women, transgender women performing as themselves? Yeah, okay. they were doing, I mean, what, what I'm trying to say, it wasn't a man 
um, all the way transform into a woman. It was a transgender woman doing a drag show. Got you. Okay. If that okay. makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, how gorgeous <laughs> creature I just saw right now. You know what I mean? Beautiful makeup, hair. The hair was amazing, like customs, designs. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. But at the period of time, me, machista, Hispanic, mm -hmm. Puerto Rican man, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I support the drag community. I support the transgender community. But me doing drag? Hell no. no right. Man, no, no, never. Right. No, me, no, no. Carlos is not going to never and wear a wig and wear <laughs> and a like dress. that type of makeup. No, yeah. no, 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 no. So, <laughs> but at the same time, I was on the entertainment business already in Puerto Rico working on TV. Mm -hmm. I was working in Univision, Telemundo, NBC, over the air for more than six years mm -hmm. and working with Miss Universe Organization Puerto Rico and other like pageantries over there. Mm -hmm. So I was very close to this feminine side to be like coming out, this beautiful character as a Cynthia. But at the same time, I do feel I was not ready because of my stigma, discrimination, and my toxic masculinity. We have right. to be very honest with that, you know? And, but when I see that particular show, it was like maybe probably 2003. Mm -hmm. That never came, like, like it was all over my head all the time. I'm like, oh. My God, this art is fascinating right, for me. Right, I don't think a I, lot of people realize that it is, it, it's truly an art form. Yes. Yes. It uh, is. Like, for example, like in my case, when I just transformed into, into Cynthia Lee Fontaine, mm -hmm. I, I transform into another different type of persona. And it's a character. It's right. a character. And the involvement and the process to get Cynthia to live, it, it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's very detailed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I didn't, I did not understand that back in the days, you know, until 2006, December 17, I remember till today, 12 years ago, I have one of my best friends that they said, you know what, I'm going to be very honest with you. We have our, our runway parties here at my place and you take those high heels and you killed it. You train a lot of pageant girls in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. You know how to walk in high heels. I need a favor from you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> here we go. I smell the mess, you know? And he asked me that day if I can cover him on a drag show. Mm -hmm. not, only, not just only do just only one number, two numbers and MC the drag show, be the host. That's not I an was, easy gig. No, it's not. To be the like, host of a drag show because the audience out there? Yeah. Ooh, you say one more thing. Perform two numbers. Wow, so that's a lot. First it, it was a lot, you know what I mean, to be very honest with you. But um, all my experience in theater, TV, dancing, um, singing, you know what I'm talking about? So, but it was just only dress in drag, all completely from head to toe, mm -hmm. doing my own show. And the thing is, like, he asked me that favor because in Puerto Rico you do the drag pageants. Mm -hmm. And every category is by week. Okay. They do a month of the pageant. And that week was the final week with evening gown, Q&A, and crowning. Mm -hmm. And he was winning every single category each week. Okay. So he said, I want to be relaxed if you can do, do me that favor. Because I did not find nobody to cover that show. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's so many drag queens out there. And you ask me that I don't have an experience. Right. So that was the first experience that I had the opportunity to do a drag show. I have a friend that do my makeup. 
my friend gave me her name back in the day. Um, he's not a drag anymore, mm -hmm. but her name was Gia Karanji, life model. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so basically, um, I performed, and when I did the first number, and I did a, a, a Spanish song, um, it's a very famous Italian singer, Laura Pausini. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is magic. But the best part, honey, of the performance, it was at the end, me counting the money. Uh, I get $22, baby, <laughs> on my hand. I was like, oh, this is my pro this is my chosen career. This yeah, is this is it. Put, like, food on my table. I'm going to get my points, baby. You know what I mean? Yes. That was the moment where I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And that was the transformation into Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Yes. Now, it, it I'm magic. sorry, it go ahead. Beautiful. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, it was magic. It was beautiful because I was, uh, I, I've been singing for so many years, since 1995, when I was a quinceañera, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, that moment, I found my niche. Right. I found my space to express myself in an artistic way, but at the same time, in another perspective, with a beautiful character, mm -hmm. with a beautiful creature that come out and just, you know, perform a beautiful number. It could be lip sync, it could be singing live. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was beautiful and since then, like 20 years ago, and you know the rest of the story. Yes. <laughs> so I know a lot of people, you know, they've seen drag performances and they've seen drag queens at, you know, different clubs or different events and things like that. Um, I try to pretend like I'm just like a drag queen connoisseur. I know everything about it. Because uh, <laughs> what people don't understand is the time it takes into actually getting ready for a performance. It doesn't just, you know, people think, oh, hair, makeup. It's like, no, it's so much more than that. Just the, just the dresses and costumes that you guys wear, it's so, I'm like, how do they afford all of that beautifulness? And I'm like, I just want to smell the dresses that y'all wear sometimes so can you kind of take us like you let's pretend you have a performance tonight take us through the timeline of you getting ready to hit the stage well for example every single friday i'm i'm hosting here in all Kansas, harry austin texas mm -hmm. which is my home bar for almost 10 years okay the viewing parties um for all-star season four which is an amazing season right now so far on vh1 mm -hmm. What I do, yes, um, maybe probably I go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I do my meditations. I do my prayers in the morning. I wake up, go to the gym, then came back and see what I have on the closet to wear. Mm -hmm. If not, I design my own clothing. Okay. And But I try to do that the day before or the week before. Okay. I'm very OCD. I try to have everything as much as possible ready, maybe four days before the gig, you know, mm -hmm. before the performance the performance uh -huh. but that day maybe probably i start getting ready at three mm -hmm. and let's say an hour and a like let's say two hours between shower shaving and makeup in my case now back in the days it used to be a little bit longer because i was a newcomer entertainer mm -hmm. but right now i know how to do my makeup in 40 minutes 35 minutes okay but let's say like all the entire process to sh go to the shower shave in makeup is two hours, mm -hmm. then going to the bar, and I get ready always on the bar. I don't like okay. to walk around 
with my costume because I do believe like we take the wow, the surprise element out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Until you get to the stage. So when you get to the bar, just try to organize everything, a lineup of the host, mm-hmm. show whatever we're going to have during the commercial breaks for the viewing party mm-hmm. and get ready in 15 minutes with hair and with the custom shoes, pantyhose everything that I need and accessories and then get ready to the show to be hosting the show. So that's maybe probably regularly, regularly what I do, like maybe two hours in total. You left out one important thing. What about tucking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, on the 15 minutes, I do my talking, <laughs> which, you know, for everybody that is not related to drag, like, I know you have a lot of followers that appreciate the, the art of entertainment mm-hmm. in drag, mm-hmm. but it's um, how do you um, create the illusion, mm-hmm. you know, of a female body part yes. that is on the center. <laughs> yes. And... Um... You know, thirteen way to explain it. <laughs> yes, and I tell you this: I've watched every single season of RuPaul's Drag Race, <clears throat> and I think—and correct me if I'm wrong—Trinity, Trinity may have the best tuck. What do you think? Well, um, it, it, me watching all the entire season mm-hmm. is between her and. Season three, um, uh, Alumni from RuPaul Drag Race, Carmen Carrera. Oh, but Carmen went, uh, she got the whole sex change. Oh, yes, now? Yes. She's a transgender woman. Yes, she's transgender. She advocated for the rights of a transgender community over mm-hmm. there in New York where she lives. Yes. You know, but back in the days. You're because right. one of the rules yes. um, to become part of the show right. is to be uh, 100% men right. um, who transform into drag. So, like, it was impressive to see her, mm-hmm. um, like, just only do her, you know, regular preparation. And, uh, like, uh, like I remember back in the day, she used to perform, like, semi-naked because her show were, like, kind of less. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, the top two girls that I see them live doing this magic, you know, talking transformation mm-hmm. is Carmen Carrera and now... Um, Trinity the Talk. Yes. So, uh, well, Trinity the Talk, baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. She changed her name. Yes, Carmen, I mean, even when she was performing on RuPaul's Drag Race, even when just, you know, in the dressing room, in the in the workshop, I'm having a mind fuck right now. I can't remember the name. Um, but she, even with the short kind of, she had the buzz cut a little bit, still looked very, very feminine, even outside of drag. Um, So I wasn't surprised. But you said something a minute ago that one of the requirements to be on RuPaul's Drag Race was that you had to be a man who dressed into drag. Now, have those rules changed? Because, you know, we had uh, Monica Beverly Hills who came out during her season saying that she was trans. And then you had... G- Gina, Gia, Gia Gunn, Gia Gunn, yeah. From this last, uh, the All Stars that were presently still in that season, she said that she is now a transgender woman. So have those rules changed a little bit? Well, actually, let's go a little bit like a, a little bit like back, back, back on mm-hmm. season two of RuPaul's Drag Race, the first 
um, competitor to came out as a transgender woman was Sonique. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yes. And if you see Sonique right now, a gorgeous creature, a gorgeous woman. Mm -hmm. And the most nicest person ever and so talented. You know what I mean? She's mm -hmm. a singer. She's a gymnastic. She's a dancer. She's everything. She I does it all. Singer. Yes. She got her first single actually for Christmas on December. And it's so beautiful. It's very successful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, under the same music label record that we have, the Benedetti Music Group. That is the same management company that we share. So mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to see it. And I'm like, how do you feel? You've been the first openly transgender, you know, competitor on the show. Right. And she said that it was a moment of release and freedom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, the conversation came out and I told her, and that's um, answering your question right now so far. Um, I do believe uh, the term, in my case, I did not call drag queens anymore drag queens okay i call them entertainers you know yeah that's and what if you translate are. to spanish yeah and if you translate to spanish we call them transformist okay because you transform into something that mm -hmm. you consider yourself beautiful that you consider yourself fierce right. it's that inner personality is that inner alter ego that came out and everybody get to see maybe probably on stage maybe probably on a catwalk right. maybe probably on a makeup tutorial you know what i mean yes. mm -hmm. because it there it, it diversify and that's the beautiful part so right now so far that we have open auditions for season 12 of rupaul Dark race mm -hmm. i have a lot of transgender that approached me and said should i audition for the show and i'm like honey it's always open for you to audition you know what i mean right right you have just only to bring the a game bring right. something extraordinary and be creative with uh, your entertainment character right so i mean auditions are up you know yeah they so are because know. um i follow i can't remember the name of the casting company but i follow them on instagram and in their casting insta term. story they're like yes we are casting for season 12 I'm like gosh but um I it's, know it's too soon, right? Like, crazy. oh my God, everything. All their four. Let's cast for 12. You know what I mean? And it was we don't have time to breathe as a fan. Yes, but you know what? I love it because I was like, I, literally, I would watch a clock. I'm like, when's the premiere of RuPaul's Track? Right? When's the premiere? So when I heard that, I think the next season is supposed to start February 28th, if I'm not mistaken, but it's like, yes, boom, boom, boom. February boom, boom. 28th. Yes. So, and it's going to be on Thursdays now, 8 um, and that's fine with 9 p.m. 8 Central. So, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's on logo or vh1 it doesn't matter what time it doesn't matter the day i'm gonna be watching it plus i'm gonna dvr it <laughs> <laughs> so um it was oh actually i i totally forgot talking about the transgender uh -huh. um you know involvement in the show mm -hmm. that finally we have a, a pre-op you know on the christmas special for rupaul drag race we have sonic actually oh really you know yeah, like if you see the Christmas special for Rupa Drag Race, we have Kimchi, we have Trixie Mattel, former winner from All Stars mm -hmm. Season 3, mm -hmm. and also we have Sonique competing to be one of the first Rupa Drag Race like Christmas queens, you know, that, that at the end, um, everybody was a queen of the Christmas season, you know what I mean? It was a right. really nice, you know, episode, but it was good to see already a transgender woman in all her esplendor and glam right. you know are involved on the show well i know you said that um you have a lot of trans uh trans men that ask you should they still 
you know, audition to be on the show, even though they know they're going to be going through the process of changing <laughs> genders. But it's so funny. You're like, you always audition. I mean, perfect example of it would be Alaska, who auditioned to be on the show like 30 times <laughs> before she actually was like accepted to be on the show. So, yeah, I mean, even when they say no, just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Um, yep. Yeah, I just on audition twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first audition was for season six, mm-hmm. winner Bianca Del Rio. Yes. That season was one of the most competitive mm-hmm. because at least like almost seven of the girls were strong competitors. You know what I mean? Right. So thanks God, hallelujah. I didn't get shows. I didn't get cast for season six. There was a lot and, of tough competition on that oh, season. Oh yeah. yeah, you know I'm gonna be the first eliminator. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> But, um, um, I mean, the production were wonder, like, you know, emailed me and they said, like, you know what, no, um, your video was really boring, you're very, like, we know you're very professional, you were, like, you put together, but we're going to see personality, we're going to see what one of the producer staff saw on your show at all camps, so yes, they were stalker. They came to my home bar and they see me, and I'm like, "Oh my God, psycho bitches!" But excuse me, I learned, I fixed, I did my second audition tape in 48 hours after I sent my um, my audition tape, mm-hmm. which I get the help from my assistant, my now manager Javier Simmons, that he's listening to this podcast right now. I love you, Bobby. Thank you for everything. <laughs> um, they call me for the two months process to be cast for season eight. And you know the rest of the story. I've been blessed to be chosen. Part of the cast of season eight of Rebel Diary. So I, I was very happy. You know what I mean? But it's a learning process. Right. What, how much has your life changed since you appeared on RuPaul? <clears throat> it was a 365 degrees I bet. change. Yeah. Um, um, I've been a hard worker all my entire life. Um, before Rupal Dark Race, I used to work at my home bar. And I used to um, compete in pageants. I'm a former Texas Carinento. Mm-hmm. Carinento pageantry system is a very well-known pageantry system in America. And also, we have a couple of the girls that they were national title holders from that pageant. For example, we have Roxy Andrews from season five. Mm-hmm. We Hi. have Mesa Lopez. Juicy. Yes. And we have this um, from the season 11. We have a couple of pageant girls, too. And we have Brooklyn Pines. Okay. The first Canadian met, like to become part of um, Rebel Drag Race. Okay. So I was very involved in that. And also, my real job was to be a caseworker for HIV clients who experience mental health issues or substance use issues too as well. So change that into the reality TV star personality. Mm-hmm. It was a dramatic, you know, change. But at the same time, I love, I, I miss my job as a caseworker. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. That have, have that interaction, empathize with my community in that way and helping with resources mm-hmm. versus become this public figure that every single like country and continent in the planet, they know I the know. show and yeah. they know you. It changed your life. You, in certain ways, stop living your own 
personal life just yeah. to live for your fans. Yes. Um, and you get devoted to the fan base of the show. You know what I mean? Right. right. And the public life, for example, I still go into the supermarket and I get like ninja pictures and, and snapshot like, <laughs> this is Santa LaFontaine buying some groceries on HGV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I did that, Cynthia. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Pharmacy, you know? <laughs> But in my case, like my fans and the fans of the show, they are so nice. They are so kind. They know that I'm, I'm very approachable. And mm -hmm. I love to take pictures with, with them. Even myself in social media, I love to answer all the entire message that I get every day to them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that's the only thing that maybe probably changed that mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I like this interaction. You know what I mean? Right. So I dedicate like maybe probably 45 minutes maybe an hour on social media just to pay attention, you know, and listen to my fans. And I'm sure they the greatly appreciate that. You know what? Without the fans, we're nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful to have this opportunity, like almost like, it's almost like four years since I was on season eight of RuPaul Dark Race, mm -hmm. and I'm still traveling, I'm still working, and it's because of the love and support of all the fan base for RuPaul Dark Race. So right. I just want to say thank you to all of them and you know, it's a huge support for us, right? You know, so I think that's the maybe probably something that I just adapted to my regular basis life, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm right. just so happy, you know. And I'm a talker. You see now, I can stop talking. I'm a conversational person, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, has it <laughs> has it affected your dating life? Um. Let's say yes and no. Okay. The yes is because I get a lot of hit and I get a lot of, you know, like people contacting me like, hey, I'm interested in dating you, blah, blah, blah. You Did know, I say you did pick Cynthia? Tell the truth. <clears throat> um, I think yes. it's kind of weird. <laughs> yes and no. I don't know how to explain it. You know, I'm going to be honest with you because the thing is like, as soon as I just disclose my sexual orientation as bisexual man, mm -hmm. that turned like that turned crazy. Everybody, you know what I mean? Mm, I bet. Um, and even back in the day when I used to be in drag, I specifically even I want my friends and family to call me Cynthia. Mm -hmm. But even on my social media as Cynthia Lee Fontaine, because I have my my profiles and my other social media for Carlos, which is a little bit more private, mm -hmm. people are still calling me whatever they want to call me, or Cuckoo right. or Carlos or Cynthia, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the approach is a little bit more different, and I like it, you know? I'm right. like, okay, everybody saw me, like, behind the scenes, without makeup, all that right. stuff, so. But, yeah, I get a lot of hit from Cynthia, like, Cynthia, oh, how are you? Wow, you know, a lot of people that is interesting, maybe more on the character rather than... Right. Than Carlos. You know, on, on Carlos. Right. But I get a lot too of like, oh, I want to know who's behind the makeup, who's behind the wig. Mm -hmm. Oh, Carlos. Oh, so so you're bisexual, you're mechanic. Mm -hmm. Um, you have that as a profession too, you're clinical psychology, but also you like football. Oh, that's amazing. I want right. to know about you. You know what I mean? You're um, the perfect wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're the you wife know? that every man truly wants. <laughs> You've got it all. <laughs> and, you know, the, but the thing is, like, the no on the on that part of the answer of the question that you asked me, it's my time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this career consumed like almost 100% of my time. And it's, it, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm mad about it. It's because I'm so passionate because this is my chosen career. This is my passion. This is a dream come true to become one of the top three most viewed shows in all the entire planet. Right. And have this popularity and been working so hard because I, I finally, I do believe Cynthia is get recognized everywhere. Right. For me, it's just like, you know, the most happiness experience ever I live in all my entire life. But how do so, you balance it? How do you balance it all? How do you balance your personal life, the life on the road? You know, you, you have your home bar there that you do performances at and family dating. It's a lot because you guys, you know, a lot of people don't realize that after the season, a lot of you go on tour. So how do yes. you how do you manage that? You know, and I know the our audience wants to know, but for me personally, as someone who's trying to break into the entertainment world, and even at this lower level that I'm at, some days it's like, oh my gosh, this is hard. You know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I've got three businesses, and then mm-hmm. it's a lot. So how do you how do you do it? What advice can you offer? Well, I'm gonna be very honest with you. I did I did not back in the days. And that's how I compromise my health mm-hmm. with, um, for example, last year, I get, um, you know, um, admitted at the hospital because I have a PGP pneumonia. And it was the overcharge of work that I have at a period of time mm-hmm. because I'm a workaholic, mm-hmm. you know, and that was a wake up call for myself to a, hey, you know what? At that period of time, I have a relationship with a lady and we, we have a beautiful relationship for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was consuming all my time and it was consuming my health too. Yeah. My health was compromised. Right. So that was the wake up call for me that, hey, you know, you know what? You have to stop. You have to calm down and self care. Right. So now what I do, for example, um, when I talk with my manager, it's like, you know what? To be very honest with you, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, at least I want those days off. Right. Yes. I need to go to the gym. I need to have like my nutrition. I need to take care of myself. Um, even if I have a date, I want to go on a date. Right. I, I want to go to movies, you know, with friends too. I want to visit family, you know, and right. then the rest of the week have the opportunity to work, you know, yes. so because you have to, if you don't have self-care, Ooh. your hair can compromise and without hair, you can do nothing. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm doing now. And I feel that I'm living a very stable and healthy life. Right. You know, and I'm working on what I love. You know what I mean? Well, you were very open about your battle with cancer as well. Oh, yeah. Remission, almost two years and a half. Yeah. Yes, cancer in the cuckoo baby. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, um, no matter how many episodes of the show I watch, just whenever – you guys hit the runway. I, I get a rush of a of, of adrenaline myself, even though I'm just sitting there watching. I can't wait to see what y'all are gonna wear, how your hair is gonna be, your makeup. So, do you remember the feeling you had when you first hit the runway to show off your first outfits in front of the judges? Especially well, Michelle. Honest, Michelle is a beast. Yes. 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 Um. To be very honest with you. When you get the call that officially you're part of the cast of RuPaul Drag Race, mm-hmm. 
you get in this emotional shock. Um, for example, I do remember today when they call me um, that I was part of the cast and I have like two weeks to prepare. You know, That's all they give you is two weeks? Two weeks. They give you and... two weeks to pack up everything. Now, oh, I'm glad you, let me ask you a question. I gotta, I gotta ask you this because I've always wondered and then we'll go back to my original question. Oh, yeah. So when you all have the different challenges, okay, I know they show you guys working, making your costumes, getting your wigs ready. But when you go there, when they call you and say, you've got two weeks to prepare and get here, do you do they kind of tell you some of the themes of the competition and then you can bring what you have with you? Or do you have to do everything there? No, 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 no. Like, um, now the show works well. For season one, mm -hmm. they have to do everything on the workroom. Season one, ooh, just watching season one, it literally looks like there's Vaseline smeared all on the camera lens. Yes. <laughs> and if you ask me what is the top two favorite seasons from all time, uh -huh. it's season one. Because you see how, how everything, like, you know, the roots, how everything, right. like the real original RuPaul Drag Race idea, you know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. But basically right now when they cast you for the show, they give you a list of possible looks. Got you. That makes sense. So much more sense to me now. I, I, yes. I figured they had to. Yeah, I mean, like, because, like, you need to know what to get to the show. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you need to know what to wear for. But you never know if, like, that look is going to be for a runway look or for a maxi challenge right. or for a mini challenge. Okay. So, basically, you have to pack between 28 to 36 looks. What? With different shoes and different hair. How many because bags do you take with you then? That's a lot of stuff. Have, and let me tell you, for traveling, it's quite of a journey. I bet. Because they give you a maximum of five suitcases. Each one weighs 50 pounds. When you what? get to the hotel, yeah, they take your electronic devices out. And they said, we're going to measure every single suitcase you bring and if one of the suitcases like overpassed and it's overweight um the 50 pounds we're gonna open that suitcase and we're gonna ask you what you don't need because we need to be fair and equal with the other girls the girls wow so, and, I, and i heard story from all of my sisters that they have to take like costumes or some overweight out of the suitcases that's crazy. And when they finish filming the show, they give you that back to you. That never happens to me. Because <laughs> 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 like I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm very OCD. To be very honest with you, I'm like, I'm by the book. I just want to follow the rules. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I right. want to do a great impression to the producers, mm -hmm. a great impression to Mama Rupon. You know what I mean? So, right. But, it, you know, it happens to some of my sisters. And I'm like... But that's the limit, you know what I mean? That's why, like, people say, like, oh, we want to see on that runway look a little mm -hmm. bit more, you know, customy or, but, you know, honey, you have just only, like, five suitcases. That is so insane to, to me. you have to do a miracle to put, like, everything that right. they require to the show. So, 
Yeah. I would be like one of your sisters. I'd be like, well, they kicked me off because they said my bag weighed 150 pounds, but I told them when I weighed it on my scale at home, it was 49 pounds. So now we got a problem. Somebody lying. So (laughs) (laughs) I would have been, that is crazy. I've always wondered. I'm just like, there's no way that they can make that right there in the amount of time that they have. So you were giving the one of the highest awards, and I think it has to be something that makes you very, very feel very, very good. You were awarded Miss Congeniality. And let me say this. You, unlike other people, Valentina, you were awarded Miss Congeniality, and it wasn't taken away from you by the other queens because hers got snatched away. They're like, you're not Miss Congeniality. You're, you may be the most, well, lied, but... What what was it, James? Do you remember what it was? What they told her she couldn't be Miss Congeniality. She was gave she was voted it, but they were like, no, we're gonna change it around. So you were voted Miss Congeniality. Why do you think that you were awarded that? Well, um, I was in cloud nine when I was called on stage mm-hmm. when Katya announced that I was a new Miss Congeniality, and mm-hmm. it was a a beautiful experience to be recognized by. You know, the only thing that I try to do and the main purpose for Cynthia is to give positive energy to all the entire rest of the planet and to everybody that have the opportunity to see me. Mm-hmm. It's to understand that even though the obstacles or inconveniences in your life, try to make your dreams come through. You know, right. that was my advice when I get um, eliminated for season eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized the love and support from all my other sisters, mm-hmm. more visually talking, when I see every single of the girl on the interview, all of them saying that I should want Miss Congeniality. That's it. So that was saying like, a lot uh-huh. from drag yes. queens, and especially drag queens that you're competing against. Yes. Yeah. You, when you're in a competition, I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, difficult just to empathize or to engage right. on a, you know, real friendly relationship. Right. You know what I mean? If that yeah. makes sense. Yes. But, you know, I made it. I made it. And um, to see them saying, like, we were doing the filming of the show. She was taking care of all of us. For example, mm-hmm. I've been a team leader for one of the Maxi Challenge, mm-hmm. and it was for the one of the rusicals that we have from season eight, for example. Mm-hmm. And I was taking care of every single detail of the girls. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you put your wig well? Um, do you need any bobby pins? Right. Um, let me put some, um, you know, hairspray on the shoe right. because I learn, I know, from example, this is a tip from all drag school. Mm-hmm. If you put like some hairspray at the bottom of your shoe, it's not going to be slippery and you're not going to fall on stage. Okay, let me write that down. Okay. Yes, because I'm gonna be a drag queen one of these days. I'm gonna you write have that down. To. Yes, you yes. have to, Keisha. You have to. <laughs> yes, baby. I feel yes. it. I feel it. So, okay, I know you've got a new single out. Yes. And let me. I want to make sure I say it right. I'm not gonna even try to roll my tongue and try to say it with an <laughs> accent because I'm just gonna jack it all up. But it's pegajosa. Is that how you say yes! it? Yes! Hey. Hey. Congratulations. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us all about your single. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I raised and born um, surrounded by the eight, 1980s music, mm-hmm. 1990s music too. But at the same time, you know, the Hispanic pop music culture, it's beautiful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. And I raised and born... Um, 
you know the Hispanic, especially the Puerto Rican um, community, it's it's very spicy, yes. happy. We Movie wake caliente. up in the morning, we put some music. Yes, muy hot, caliente. Yes. It's true. And we wake up in the morning and we do our breakfast with music and we're dancing right. salsa, merengue, mm -hmm. bachata. You know, so me, I'm always this way. You know what I mean? Like always my mom said, like, oh, my God, mijo. I don't know what you're going to do if you like drink or do something else because his personality already is too much right. and I love it. You know what I mean? It's extra. <laughs> so I'm always this energy in very like in, in practice. So I was like, you know what? I want to bring that to my music with Cynthia. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my biggest first project bringing Cynthia Lee Fontaine to sing live, you know? Right. Because I used to sing as a Carlos back in the days for years and mm -hmm. competing in competitions in Puerto Rico and Miami, you know. But involving Cynthia right now on this music single, for me, it was very special. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I want to bring that kind of energetic and happy personality and positive personality to Cynthia and that spice it out from the Latino community. Yes. And do pegajosa. The pegajosa means sticky. <laughs> you stick to the person that you like, you stick to the person that you love and have like dance with a person all night long. That's yeah, the main okay. message and meaning of the song. You know what I mean? Okay. And um it's so weird because I just wrote the lyrics when I was at the hospital. I'm like, oh my God, wait wait a second. You know, I'm I'm gonna do like this lyric right now and this is so cool and it's fun. But in my case, I wanna bring content to the music of a you know, me as an entertainer, you know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And at the end, been working with Ruchi, a producer for Beyonce, Hi. Madonna, Katy Perry. Mm -hmm. It was an honor, you know? Yeah, um, you're working and, with some people who have worked with the best in the business. No, I mean, like, I'm so blessed, to be very honest with you. Mm -hmm. And, like, I mean, you know, it, it was a, it, it's a huge success. I still get a lot of messages on my social media that they like my song. Even, like, individuals that they are, are, they are like, English-speaking, they were like, oh, my God, you made me go back to school and go to my 101 and Spanish lessons and translate <laughs> the song. I love it. I love your voice. You know. That's beautiful. Yes. Through music and through my character as an entertainer, mm -hmm. just get to break the barriers of languages. And yes. Like, I, like, you know, point of views and ide ideologies and get the people to enjoy and have fun, you yes. know? And that's so what that's the main about. purpose of Pergajosa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, how did you come up with the concept for your video? Well, you know, um, mm -hmm. it was between me and my manager, Javier Simmons. Um, we want something sexy and spicy. Everybody knows me that, you know, I, I'm a comedy dragon too as well. But mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to bring some section sensuality, you know, right. sex appeal to the, to, the, to the video. So the idea came of like, I want everybody to see me like a regular basis, like walking on the street and dancing mm -hmm. and walking it like on the bar and dancing, you know, right. like you can enjoy my, my music. You can enjoy Pegajosa everywhere. Right. You know? So the idea came in my case, like one of the scenes that I enjoy to film the most, it's me with the music director. Um, his name is Ben Benavides. Mm -hmm. Um, like split, splitting like honey all over my body mm -hmm. and my face. You I know? bet you did like that. 
Oh, you know what? It was quite of an experience because, you know, behind the scenes when we were finished filming that, we have to take a shower because all the honey was inside of my eye. Then inside of my eye, I have my eye contacts and my eyelash. Ooh. How long did it take you to get all that honey off? Well, it was like quiet, like 10, 15 minutes on the shower. Wow. But I bet your skin was real smooth. Oh, well, all after, that honey. Yes. Even my allergies came out. You know I bet I mean? it did. <laughs> and I do feel I was doing like a maxi challenge on the TV show. Because, you know, on RuPaul's Drag Race, you have to do the most crazy maxi challenge. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But I think it was a great and amazing experience. The idea came out like, hey, you know what? I want everybody to see Cynthia 101, mm -hmm. you know, on the streets, very approachable, dancing and having a great time. You know what I mean? Right. That's, yes. the, that's the meaning of Pegajosa and the music, you know? Right. So it was a great experience, and I cannot wait for the world to listen a little bit more about my music because I'm gonna, I have more music, honey, coming. Are you going on the road to promote Pegajosa and um, upcoming music? Well, I did already. Um, I have um, a couple. I have my premiere in El Salvador, and then I have another premiere in Europe, in UK, last year. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm going to Colombia because you are going to be the first one to have the exclusive. I'm going to release a radio edit mix from Pegajosa. Hey, you're you're announcing it right now on my show? Yes, baby. <laughs> you got the premiere. You got the yes. Baby. You just made my you whole know? year. <laughs> oh, baby, and it's gonna be um close to my birthday because this is my birthday month. Um, Happy birthday, February sixteen. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. It's gonna be this month. February is the most an amazing, perfect month in the world. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I guess a Libra. I'm a Libra, so I'm October. Ah, I guess since it's your birthday month, I'll let you go ahead and say that. <laughs> but as soon as February is over, like, well, October is the best month. I'm going to be very honest with you. Amazing artists like you and Adore Delano, born Libra. I love so. Adore. Uh, I, I do. I'm a Libra, you know? <laughs> 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 but I'm happy, you know, that I'm celebrating, like, you know, my, my new remix um, release this month. I'll, I'll sell, like, celebrating that it's going to be my 38th birthday, and I'm happy to be alive. I'm Amen. happy to be healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be on my remission of my cancer. I'm happy that I can say right now that I don't have any pneumonia. I'm very healthy, um, you know, and... Right. That's the way that you should celebrate every birthday and every year, you know? Yeah. And I'm celebrating the success that I have in my, in my career, thanks to my fans, thanks, thanks to my management company, thanks to my friends and family, the support and love that I have from all of them. It's just amazing. So I'm blessed. So I'm starting to... celebrating already on February. I bet you've and been, uh, you've been celebrating this year's birthday since last year. I just have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, baby you know me i'm a party i'm a party girl <laughs> okay so i have to ask you if you could put anyone it could be someone in your personal life it could be another celebrity if you could put anyone in drag who would it be well you know what i'm gonna turn a little bit political uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know if I get the opportunity to put somebody in drag, mm -hmm. transformation, 
I would like to see in the future, if I were president of the United States, Mr. Donald Trump, he can get that opportunity. Uh -huh. So he can know exactly how to respect mm -hmm. the LSBTQI community, yes. respect the rights for our minorities in mm -hmm. America. That is, is like like the Hispanic uh, minority community mm -hmm. and the African American minority community are the most successful mm -hmm. and the most influential and beneficial in our society. So he can understand for once in life that being part of the LGBTQI community is not a sin, right? And we deserve the right for equality and acceptance. That's very funny that you chose him because our guest last week um, was a, is a an adult film star, but she's also a dominatrix. And oh, I, I saw, I saw the yes. podcast. Yes, ma'am. She said Donald Trump too, so I think that's so funny. Okay, Cynthia. So <laughs> please, please, please tell all of the Libra Lounge audience how they can follow you on social media, upcoming gigs, how to get ticket information. Give me your phone number, all that good stuff. <laughs> I want Ooh, everyone baby, baby. to follow you. Um, so tell us how we can follow you on social media, what you got coming up, how we can come out and see you, how we can support you, how we can hear Pega Hosta, all of that good stuff. Well, right now at the moment, I'm traveling the world. I love to travel. I'm going to be very honest with you. I love to go on airplanes and visit cities and countries and continents. I'm blessed for that. So you can see me performing everywhere. But if you want more information about my upcoming performances and my upcoming release for my remix of Pegahosa, you can go to social media, Facebook and Instagram, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Mm -hmm. And on Twitter, it's going to be at Lee underscore Fontaine. Com. I have my webpage too, that is CynthiaLeeFontaine.com, so you can see the schedule of okay. my upcoming events and traveling. When I'm in the city in Austin, Texas, that's when, when I'm, I'm not traveling, you can go any Friday or any Thursday now for the viewing parties for All Sets 4 or oh, nice. um, Season 11 of RuPaul Drag Race, and you can watch the show with me and we can kai kai. That so you would can be find fabulous. Me everywhere. And if you see me on the city, just put the gay raider or the straight raider <laughs> on your sexual application on your phone. Grinder, tinder, blend your fish, scrub and more, baby. That's what I'm going to do the next time we're in Austin. I'm like, um, Cynthia, I'm here. The gay, the gay raider pointed me towards you. I'm going to come and stay with you while I'm here. Oh, yes, baby. Okay, we need to go dinner, baby. I, Austin I is not ready for us, not for Cynthia and Keisha. Oh, yes, baby. You, husband and family. Yes. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You're more than welcome in Austin. Mi casa es su casa. My okay. house is your house. So welcome to Austin, Texas. And I'm going to have, um, also, I'm going to have, I'm going to Colombia mm -hmm. um, this month to celebrate, um, you know, All Stars 4 mm -hmm. and... Uh, to celebrate my, my, my Pegajosa release too as well. And also I have a benefit show because every year when it's my birthday, I like to celebrate on my birthday month mm -hmm. a fundraiser show. So this month in Austin, Texas, um, we're going to have a fundraiser show for the Austin Tennis Court. Okay. That's the organization that I choose this time. So it's going to be happening this month. Um, and I'm very excited about that. I'm always involved in community service and advocating for my community. So I'm very happy. It's going to be a great and amazing time. It's going to be in Austin, Texas. Okay. So, and then like traveling Colombia, then Great Rapids, Michigan, and then next month I'm going to Canada. So, yeah, this cuckoo is going to be jumping around cuckoo, everywhere. Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so speaking of All Stars 
four. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win? Well, um, if you go to my social media yesterday, I make a special post. Oh. One of the girls that is becoming, like, that is part of the top four. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody knew already in the past months where I, I was promoting. Mm -hmm. um, beside Valentina, because she's my Latino sister. She did really um, good, uh, too. She did a great job. Yeah. She did a great job. She's very talented. I love her. Even, like, um, Rent on Fox Live mm -hmm. was outstanding. This is just only the beginning of a new stage in her career, so right. I wish her the best. I love my niña, so. But the one that I'm rooting in is because I know how professional this individual is for years on the entertainment business mm -hmm. um, and how caring and lovely and uh, solidarity the mouse is one of her biggest um you know qualities that describe this individual mm -hmm. is trinity taylor that's my girl i have to agree with you 100 percent. i think she's going to bring home that crown i agree and and you know i hope she wins because like um like i said on the professional area, mm -hmm. she's amazing. She got all the qualities. Yeah, yeah. But on the personal side, she is, I can say, one of my closest friends since mm -hmm. we, um, way, way before I know her from pageantry system, entertainer of the year, another big pageantry gay systems in America. Mm -hmm. But working with her on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, mm -hmm. I see the real personality and character of her. Right. And she's the most helping and lovable human being ever I met. So. I wish she can slay the crown, and it's going to be hashtag justice for pageant queens, finally, yes. on the show, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes I agree with you 100%. Um, I, I think she's going to bring home that crown. I love watching her. Um, but before we let you go, we always like to play a little game at the end of each episode if we don't do a award and a bitch please of the week. So I'm going to read you a quote. Okay. by a contestant from Drag Race, and you have to tell me who said that. Okay, let's okay, do it. Okay, let's go. Ooh, RuPaul Drag Race trivia by Keisha. Yes. <laughs> Calm down, Beyonce. Bianca Del Rio. Yes, ding, 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 ding. Next one. Get those nuts away from my face. Latrice Royale, season ding, four, ding, 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 RuPaul Drag Race. Okay. It's water off a duck's back. Jeans Monsoon, wiener. Yes. Season that, five of, of, of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, yes, that's my husband's favorite drag queen. She's okay. amazing. And working with her, it's phenomenal. She's a genius in comedy. Yes, she's singer, very. So good choice. The, the Snatch Game with her playing um, the chick from, uh, what was her name? Grey Gardens was hilarious. Grey, yes. 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 Okay, so. Here's the last one. And I have to say this person, I love you, Cynthia, but this person I, I just stole my heart from the very uh -huh. first time I saw her. I have been obsessed with her. But here's a quote. Uh -huh. Back rolls. <laughs> Lisa Edwards. Yes. Yes. I'm obsessed with Alyssa's lips. I just, <laughs> the first time I saw her <laughs> lips, I was like... <laughs> I think I love her. <laughs> I just love Alyssa Edwards. Cynthia, I have to tell you something. Today, 
by allowing me to interview you, you have helped me fulfill one of my dreams. And one of the goals for our show for this year, you have no idea how starstruck I am for one, how grateful I am. And I'm just so super excited. Um, I I can't even express to you how I feel right now talking to you. I don't even feel like it's an interview. I just feel like it's two girls just kicking on the phone. Um, Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and, just let me be nosy. I like it. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm going to drive to Austin right now. I just want to smell your closet. All the fabulousness. Yes, baby. <laughs> well, I'm OCD. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you can do that on my closet. Uh-huh. Not with Bob the Drag Queen closet, but with my closet? Yes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Bob. Thank you so much, Cynthia. <laughs> um, I wish you tons and tons of success. You know that we will be watching and rooting for you. And anytime you have anything, if you come to the Houston area, <laughs> hit me up. I will come out there. I want to see you. I want to get on stage with you. I can't fit your clothes, but I can fit your wigs, I'm sure. Baby, baby, <laughs> let's have a kiki, baby. All right, baby, thank you. You have a homework. You need to download Pegajosa. Oh, you it's already know everywhere. it. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora's, even YouTube. Download and, it right now, everyone. And that's going to be your first 101 Spanish class. Have you promised me that right now so far? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so very much, Cynthia. Take care of yourself. Be careful out there on the road. And happy early birthday to you. And I hope that I will see you or talk to you in the near future. Thank you so very much, Keisha. Okay. Thank you so very much, husband. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank, thank you, Producer James. Okay, thank you, Cynthia. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye.